This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. What's up, everybody? Welcome into episode 132 of Small Talk. Your host, Steve Cerruti and Michelle Smallman are here with you. And Cerruti, you may think I look a little different. I might look a little tan. And that's because I've been basking in the glow of my victory, of my draft victory. We chose three ESPN personalities. We wanted to share a house with you, Randy Scott, and I. And the people have spoken. I have totally redeemed myself from the Britney draft. And I've taken home the crown. Here's what happened. You won with star power. And I should have known this from the start. You did the opposite of what you did in the Britney draft. In the Britney draft, you went nuance, you went deep dives, deep tracks, two songs that people don't even know when they think of Britney Spears other than diehard Britney fans. Come on. And in this one, you went, nope, I'm just going to play the hits. And you played the hits with Van Pelt and Peyton Manning, who wasn't even on Randy or I's radar. So I have to applaud you. I like my house better. I think Twelman. Rossini and Damien Woody, all of whom, by the way, were, were fired up about it on Twitter. I think I had the right. most active group, so which I think proved that I might actually have possibly won this, but the people <laughs> have spoken, and I think you did win in a Twitter landslide, but it's no, it's no surprise because people are going to look at that and go, oh, Van Pelt and Peyton Manning, I'm in. Right. And L, who doesn't want to hang out with L? Yeah. L, I mean, ironically, L is the one I would want to hang out with the most out of those yes, three. No disrespect absolutely. to the other two, but L is probably the most fun. So just... For uh, the notes, for the minutes on this podcast, for the record, how Smallman coming in with 62% of the vote, how Saruti in second, 24%, and poor Randy Scott, 14% of the vote. Yikes. A-Rod. It's a I think we all knew it was a mistake, especially with his first pick. We were talking about this. He had the best pick, I think, of the draft, the most value with Marty Smith in the second round. Great Great pick. pick. Didn't even think about that. Great pick. Absolute great value there. But his other two picks, I mean, I love Lewis Riddick, but he's kind of intimidating. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure I... I don't know how he would be. And maybe, maybe he'd be great. I have no idea, but I don't know. And that's the question. That's why I can't take him on this list. And A-Rod, I don't care if J-Lo comes along. I'm just, I'm just not interested in hanging out with A-Rod. So not surprising for Randy that he's in last there, unfortunately. But anytime you go on a trip with your friends, you don't let one person bring their significant other. There's no way that all of a sudden we're going to make an exception for A-Rod to bring J-Lo into the house, because if that was the case, I would have to do a scouting report on everyone's significant others. And that was not the concept here. So I think Randy, while the thought process is correct, because yes, if you can get J-Lo in the mix, you want J-Lo in the mix. That's not how this plays. And A-Rod could be cool. I don't know if he's turned a leaf. I don't know if he's a fun hang, but it's such a wild card. I wouldn't have gone with him first overall. Exactly. You have no idea. So I would, he wouldn't even be on my radar, but that'd be like, yeah, to to talk about bringing on your significant other to this trip, that'd be like, you know, Hey, my buddy, Scott, we have a group of guys and Scott wants to bring his girlfriend. And it's like, dude, no, this is, this is a dude's trip. We're going, we're going to Maine, middle of nowhere. You're not bringing your girlfriend. Sorry, dude. There's no extended guest list here. It's who, who was invited gets to come. Come on. Right. Sorry, Scott, leave Tina at home. She's not coming. Yeah. Come on. No, no disrespect to Tina, but like, what are we doing here? Tina's a great time, but she can't come. She can't come. And if you're Tina, do you really want to be the only significant other on the dude's trip? That's weird. Yeah, that house with JLo, like, why would JLo want to be there? Period. JLo does not want to be there. JLo, I mean, no disrespect to anyone in the house, but she's not. Why does she want to hang out with, you know, Randy Scott, <laughs> Marty Smith, and, and, and Lewis Riddick? She's all of them great people. I'm not, right. this is no disrespect. Why would she want to hang out? If I was in the house, why would she want to hang out with me? You know, right. she's JLo. She has bigger fish to fry. And I almost kind of think A Rod right. would be the same way because he'd be like, why am I here? Like, I'm A Rod. I'm so cool. Right. And I got all these, I got all this money and I'm famous, whatever. That's why all my people, low key, great hangs. I don't even think your people are low key great hangs. I think they're high key great hangs. No, I mean, like, they're just, there's no ego there. They're not yeah. going to big time anybody. No one's super, they're all famous. But they're not super famous. And everyone's kind of on the level playing field. There's no, nobody's big time in anybody. It's just good times for the entire 72 hours. I'm just really laughing thinking about A Rod going to J Lo saying, Hey, listen, you got to come on this trip. <laughs> it's going to be you, me, and three other dudes. And she's yeah, it's like, in like the Adirondacks. <laughs> right. And she's yeah. like, uh, I need to be putting olive oil on my face and going to dance recitals, like, or dance rehearsals, I should say. Yeah, J Lo wants no part of that whatsoever. No. Absolutely. Maybe not. she could FaceTime call for like five minutes at some point during the weekend, but she's not getting there. No way. No, no. Okay. So this week we are doing one of Saruti and I's favorite things. We have an AMA. And of course, the Shelleys came and hot with some great questions like always but before we get to that steve sopranos update what is this episodes four five and six yep let me get my phone out and get my notes app up (laughs) i just want to say that obviously i know that you know me very well and you absolutely nailed this i love this show and it's not surprising it's one of the best shows of all time i knew that going into this i just didn't know if it would hold up it was first season was in 1999 
you know, shows back then, movies back then, it is very different. So for 20 years ago, obviously, and right. I love it. Six episodes in, I'm absolutely hooked and I can't wait to see what happens. And I'm almost, I almost feel I was, we were talking about this a little bit before we started the podcast. I almost feel like I like the fact that I'm watching it 20 years in the future after oh. it came out, because it gives me such nostalgia for that time period, especially growing up as an, in an Italian household. Now, my dad yeah. wasn't a mafia boss that we know of. But he wasn't. Wow. Uh, yeah. Who knows? I mean, he has okay. he did go on some shady calls. You know, he owns he plumbing, heating, air conditioning business, quote unquote. He may have what's his how uh, Tony sort of into waste management. Or he's a garbage waste man. Waste management. And uh, and Meadows like, do you know any you know garbage men that live in this house in this neighborhood? It's a right. great line. Great line. Um, so no, but the attire, the language, um, the the Italian family, the grandmother, all that stuff. It makes me think of when I was a kid because I was probably about the, in between the two kids' ages when I was growing up when the show first started. And they nail, I mean, it's not like a period piece because I'm watching it late, but it, it's so spot on. It just makes me think back to my childhood. Uh, last week, I asked you if you had a favorite character and you said you hadn't let it develop enough. Now, six episodes in, who do you like? I mean, I love Tony. I know that's a cop out, but every scene he's in, he's great. And are we doing spoilers? We are, right? We're six episodes in. It's been 20 years. Could I, can we talk about it? Yeah, right? of course. Go ahead. So, Go ahead. yeah, I mean, if you haven't watched the show, I guess tune out at this particular point, but... <laughs> You know, when I love the college episode when he goes to college, he's kind of weaving so in between good. going to his daughter's, you know, the, all the stuff they have scheduled at, by the way, did you know any of those schools? Those are all like New England uppity, uppity schools. Those are all it's the- so big- funny you said that because I was like, this is exactly what we talked about as me as a kid from the Midwest being like, what are these schools that they're talking about? Yep. Bates, Colby, Bowdoin, like, all those what? are, they're the, I don't know what the, what the term is it like baby ivies. They're just small liberal arts schools in the, in the Northeast that are really good schools, but no one outside of New England's probably ever heard of them. Right. Ever, ever. Um, but they are, they are good schools. So it's no surprise that she was going there, but I just love that episode. And then he ends up tracking that guy down who was an informant and killing him. And right. he's got, he's lying to his daughter about why he's got blood on his hands and mud on his shoes. He's just such a great character. And then he falls in love with his therapist, which by the way, I, I asked you before, I don't remember that if it was on the pod or if it, it was, was off, off it was the off. air and you were like, I'm not telling you anything. I definitely picked up on the vibes early there that there was something going on. Mm-hmm. And I assume they're going to hook up at some point. Um, but you never I, I just, I love every scene Tony's in, I think is great. I'm trying, if there's like a side character that I like. Ugh. Do you know who mine is? Who's yours? Yeah, I'm interested. I don't know. I cannot get enough of Polly Goltieri. Polly Walnuts is my everything on that That's show. That's the slick, the gray slick guy? Yes. He's a good he, character. Yep. He is so funny. He has the, be- the best lines of anyone in the show come from Polly. He is so funny, but there's a deeper side to him that you'll see later. Um, he loves his mother. He's really, he's just very different than everyone else. Everyone else is married and they have children and they follow a certain pattern with the Gumars. And Polly's never been married. He doesn't have kids. He very much takes care of his mother. It's but he's got this um, this certain energy to him. You're going to really like him, I think. He's very funny. One of the things that I think they do such a great job of, too, with Italian culture is everybody busts everybody's balls oh, all the totally, time. Totally. And I think that's just in in our blood, I guess. It just is what it is. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's almost like a, it's a term of an, or it's a sign of love or affection if you do that. If you don't do that, people probably don't like you. But the line that had me dying was when they were at school and Meadow was talking about how she could potentially study abroad somewhere. And he, you know, she was like China, India or whatever. And, and Tony just goes, what are you going to study abroad in India? How not to get diarrhea? That is literally a line my dad would say. My dad has probably said that line. It's, it's so spot on to my childhood and just kind of like the way that Italians think they're just going to bust everyone's balls constantly. In that same vein, what, one of my favorite things is because my dad, my uncle, all the Italians in my family do this. If somebody says something that's a little off color or a little, I shouldn't say off color, but a little out of line, they go, Oh, my dad yep. always said, I'll go, Oh, <laughs> like yeah. if, you, if you say something that's a little too over the line. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everyone just reacts immediately. Like too far. Yeah. Bro, come on. Yeah. But it's not, you're not, angry or threatening but it's like oh what are you doing <laughs> anyway i love it i'm so glad you love it one last thing before we move on one of the episodes i think it was it was a college episode and it was bleeding over into the next one where carm is with the priest and all that weird stuff happens mm-hmm. and they almost kind of hook up or whatever and he gets too drunk and pukes which is hilarious lightweight they, father lightweight well i mean you know he's probably not used to drinking that much wine but it, it crossed my mind because he had this to-go kit for being a priest, right? And he had the communion, yeah, yeah. the communion in there. And I, you know, I have admittedly have not been to church in a long time, but you know, I used to go every Sunday, and it was a thing. And I saw him take the communion out, and Carm took the communion, and I missed the taste of communion. Am I weird to think I actually like the way it tastes? I missed it. I would just snack on communion. It seems awesome. Little crispy wafers. 
Okay, Steve, we're not going to be snacking on the Eucharist, the body of Christ. No, it wouldn't be it's blessed, but it would be this, a similar <laughs> type of cracker. I wonder if any sort of crackers at the grocery store resemble a communion wafer. That's actually a good question. You know, some of those water crackers that you could get, similar consistency. The rice crackers, you get them at Whole Foods, are kind of close to it, but it, they're thicker and they're more crunchy. I mean, the, the communion wafer is almost like paper, but it's in a good way. I'm telling you, I, I missed it. And I was like, I kind of want to go to church just to get communion again because I missed that taste. Okay, a couple things here. First of all, I actually hate the taste of the Eucharist because you go one of two ways. You either chomp on it immediately and then you have to go to get the wine or you kind of let it dissolve on your tongue and then it gets on the roof of your mouth and you have to mm -hmm. use your tongue to scrape it off. Either way, it's not a win. Um, so I don't love it per se. It's bone dry. You're right. Like, it's shout out Jesus, but I don't love it. Also, the wine is always terrible. It always tastes terrible. I've never you had know? the wine. What? Never had it. Nope. Because I, I. Not even at your first communion? No. Well, you're like. You're in like second grade at first communion. Wait, what are you talking about? Are you about? kidding? We get it. We got you got you. legitimate wine at your first communion. Yes, you don't. Do no, that. you, you got grape the, juice. No way. He's the body and the blood of Christ. Oh, we weren't allowed. No, we didn't get. We didn't get wine. No, no, no. Nobody. None of the well, kids drank the now. wine. I don't know. And I didn't you know, go to because I feel like when I went to, it's not like when you're in the line going up to get it from uh, the people that are giving it out and they're like, are you 21? Show me your ID. I think any, once you get your first communion and you can go up there, you get it, right? That's not how it worked in Connecticut, at least at the church we went to, no Listen, way. You can't even buy wine at the grocery store in That's true, we, okay. have pro we have problems here, okay? I'm not, yeah, gonna, I'm not yeah. gonna sit here and say that Connecticut's perfect um, and maybe the church system shows that, but no way. You got communion, but no, you didn't. I mean, I don't know, maybe you weren't, maybe you were allowed, but nobody was brave enough as a kid to be like, yeah, let me take a swig of wine. And I mean, sure, the so, wine was probably so shitty anyway, it wouldn't even matter, but it was cool at the time. But I didn't go to church long enough to, in my life, to be old enough to drink the wine. So I've never had wine from uh, from the blood of Christ, as they say. Interesting. I also wonder if in a post-COVID world, you're never going to have the blood of Christ again, because no one's going to be wanting to share the cup after someone else drank it. Yeah, but he's still putting communion in your mouth. I always thought that was weird. No, you no, ever... that one. But the wine, you know, you would take a You're drink and they, other would, people. They, they would wipe it and then the next person would go. I feel like in a post-COVID world, that's not going to be okay. Yeah, the wipe actually looking back is really stupid because it still touches your lips and it goes back into the pool right. of wine. Who cares if you wipe the damn lid? The thing is still there. Um, right. But no, that is interesting. Now, I always thought it was weird. Were you a in your hands communion person or did you have them put it directly in your mouth? Steve, I've never had it, them put it directly in my mouth. I'm in the hands. I pop it in. Boop, boop, boop. I off. never understand the people that walk up there and they just go. <laughs> like, like, what? And, the, and it's, it's the guy's job to put the wafer on your tongue. That's insane. Looking back at that, I'm like, why was that a thing? That should never be a thing. I don't understand it. And I'm like, your hands are right there. Yep. What are you doing? Why would you want someone to place a wafer on your on your tongue? That seems, you know what they're kind of like, now that I'm thinking about this too, they almost dissolve in a way like a Listerine strip dissolves. Yes, 100%. Except they're not minty. They're just nothing. They're paper. But I Hold miss on. it. So that's a long story short. Hold on. I got to look this up. What is the title of the people that pass out the Eucharist? A Eucharistic minister. Okay. You, yes. A Eucharistic minister. So also if you're a Eucharistic minister and you're passing it to people, popping it in their hands, and then someone comes up and they stick their tongue out. Are you like, bro, really? You it know, was always old people. It had to be always I don't want to put it. I don't want to have to place my finger on your tongue. And then are you trying to like, like slice? I would just Jordan, like just start throwing wafers at people. <laughs> Kobe. <laughs> that would be so funny. And then you're like, it bounces off the side of their yeah, face. Yeah, I'm like over 12. Bad. Yeah, it's like, all right, let somebody else shoot, dude. Come on. Yeah, no, but it, I, I felt like it was all old people that did that, though. I didn't know any young people that were like, all right, here's my tongue. Throw that thing on there. <laughs> and if you did, that was very awkward. You and you're were like, judged. why? Yeah, all the other kids back there while they're kneeling and praying post Eucharist are like, why is Steve sticking his tongue out? It's so weird. Uh, side note, really quickly, because I know we got a lot to get to. Uh, Do you know that your boy was an altar boy growing up? What? I was. Wow. Yep. Yep. Uh, do you know that your girl, no surprise here, was lectern and that I would go up and do the readings? The least bit surprising. I mean, I could have told you that if you had not told me. I feel like that's so obvious. I, I mean, didn't everyone that like, went to Catholic school, I'm sure you guys all had to take turns doing that, right? Oh, yeah. But then they would ask people to volunteer for something. And I would always be like, and I would get up there and be like, mm, yeah, a, yeah. Read, a reading from the book of Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> from the, yeah, well, 
was it the Corinthians? Uh, there was all, I love all the different book yeah. titles, but not a reading from the book. You would be the one that's trying to do favors in Jesus' eyes by going up and doing a reading that's for like five minutes and no, or not even five minutes or like 30 seconds that nobody oh even actually pays attention to. Steve, one time, one time a priest told me if you sing, it's like praying twice. I have the worst voice on planet <laughs> earth and I sing even to this day, sing as loud as I can in church because I'm like, mm, earning extra points with the big man. Here's what's funny, and that just makes me think of this too, is I haven't been to church in in years, long time. Um, But I do feel like if I went back tomorrow, I would know every word to the entire thing. I would not miss a beat. No, they've changed it. Oh, they did. They changed it. Oh, bummer. Why? Who who votes on these things? Why? I like the old way. Steve, there are some differences, and you can tell who has not been to Mass when you Uh go go to Mass (laughs) because the responses have changed. So if someone would say, um, may the Lord be with you, you would respond. And also with you. Not anymore. They also say, and with your spirit is what you say. And the I don't Nicene, like that. I don't like it. Yeah, you know, and you say, and with your spirit. And then um, the Nicene Creed, I believe, changed. There's a couple things that are different. And you can always tell who hasn't been there in a while because it's embedded in your brain. You're right. Like you could go yeah. back and pick it up and then they'll be like, and also with you. And you're like, it's with your spirit. Did they make an announcement at church one day that, hey, we're changing everything? Like, how did everyone know that it was going to be a totally different playbook from one week to another? I remember reading, I think, online, and then maybe, yeah, it was said at church. But it was one of those things where the first time I went and it was different, I was the one that was saying, and also with you. And I was like, oh, Everyone's shit. Everyone's like, wow, loser. I know. <laughs> I was like, shit. And you know me. Like I said, I'm really vocal. I'm loud. I need yeah. the Lord to know I'm there. And I'm like, and also with you. And they're like, what is Yeah. People were like. This noob, get her, get her out of here. <laughs> yeah, she's like, what a fraud. <laughs> yeah. She clearly hasn't been here in a long time. They're like, oh, you're here on Easter, real original. <laughs> yep, yeah, she's one of the four holiday people. There you go. <laughs> totally, oh, totally. Well, I. Oh, I guess then, then I'm wrong. I guess I, I guess now I'm definitely not going to go because I don't want to look like an outsider. No, 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 I'll send you the cliff notes. Okay, we'll get you up to speed. But if you miss mm. the Eucharist, Steve, I don't know when you're going to be allowed to go back to mass. But you know, you could do what my family does, and we do virtual mass on Sundays. You could always just log on and stream live at your favorite church. I just need to get, I need to sign up for that. And then they could send me the Eucharist and I can just eat that and not have to show up at church. That's what I'll do. Do you get like Amazon Prime, the Eucharist? Probably. I'm sure you could buy that stuff. Anyway, I always wonder who makes that and who makes the wine. They don't just go down to the local package store and pick up a bottle of Josh and pour that into a bunch of cups. That's probably not how it goes. Steve, you can literally get Eucharist wafers, Amazon Prime to your door for $10.50. How many? Like hundreds? You can get, it's called priest altar bread. You get one box of 50 wafers. Okay. <laughs> for, I may do that. 1050. I just miss it. It's really wow. ultimate nostalgia. Steve, you could get a container of a thousand pieces That's, of Eucharist. Unbl- unblessed, obviously, for 20 bucks. What about blessed? Then it's like $2,000. <laughs> I don't know, but if you want to cross design, it's going to cost you more. Oh, uh, yeah. I do probably want to cross on there. I want to keep it original, authentic. Uh, also, just so you know, you can get, this is amazing, post-COVID world. You can get a pre-filled cup of wine. It's like a little, almost like a K-cup. Do you see that? Oh, that's kind of dope. It's called the Fellowship Cup, $30.99. I mean, you could just get this sent to your door. You could log on, stream Mass, and you're ready to go. Uh, I'll skip the Mass part, but the rest of it I will definitely do. I will, well, I'll be in. Just like snack on the wafers, Steve. That's like sacrilege. Why not? Just, you know, popping them like goldfish. Why not? I don't know about that. That might. They're not blessed. It's not like I'm disrespecting the Lord. I know, but I just, I don't, it doesn't sit well. Let me do me. Let me live my life, Michelle. You know, I'm over here singing. <laughs> I'm over here singing like I'm praying twice. So don't take points from the small talk squad with God. Okay. We don't want to piss him off. That's true. <laughs> now that we've taken one of our detours, classic weird, yep. weird detour today, let's jump into our AMA, our ask me anything. Let me pull up the questions. So we both posted this on Instagram. The Shelly's delivered as always. Mm -hmm. Can I give you one right off the bat, Steve? Yeah, fire away. Because I loved this one. Someone wanted to know what is your most embarrassing on-air moment? They said TV, radio, or pod. Yeah, I have one. It's the, it was probably the most embarrassed and mad I've ever been in my life. True story. Okay. And I think you know this and a lot of people that have watched the Will Kane show probably know this as well. I don't remember if it it was probably a couple of months before my wedding or whatever. And, you know, on the show, we got Bubba, we got Liam, we got Will, Mm -hmm. and we have Nuno. Mm -hmm. And I think it was only a couple of months into us actually doing the show together as a group. I knew Bubba beforehand. I had worked with Will beforehand. I had known Liam forever. I didn't necessarily know Nuno super well. So everyone on the show, except for Nuno, got an invite to the wedding. And 
it was a hard thing to do. I felt bad, but you know, we had like 280 people on the damn list. We had to cut that down. And I'm sorry, like cuts had to be made. And if I've, if I had a wedding a year later, no one would have been invited to the wedding. It isn't Mm -hmm. a big deal, but will put me on the spot, on the air, on the show and asked me point blank why I didn't invite Nuno to the wedding in a totally like Will joking way, but kind of like a Will, I'm going to be a dick way because I'm going to make this really interesting because it's going to be great radio because it probably was great radio and television, but it was the most uncomfortable I've ever been because Nuno's sitting like 10 feet in front of me while he's asking me why I didn't invite Nuno to this wedding. And I got, I think I just shut down and immediately started lashing back out at Will. I almost thought about leaving the room. And it was the most embarrassed I've ever been. And Will knew that I was embarrassed and mad, but you know the kind of person Will is. And this is just, listen, I love Will, but he's going to poke the bear. If he sees weakness, he's going to keep poking that wound and keep sticking his finger in there and seeing what's going on. So uh, he did that. And I just kept lashing back out. And it's probably a very uncomfortable five to 10 minutes of of radio and TV. uh, And it was the most uncomfortable I've ever been in my life. True story. Yeah, that one was bad. Did you see it? You remember it? I did see it. And I do remember. I got the heads up of like, Yo, so Rudy is pissed. <laughs> I, I think, think Matt. I think Maddie told me she was Maddie like. Maddie knew I was mad too, and Maddie was kind of mad too. And I think the only reason Will, the only time that Will even remotely felt bad about it is when he knew Maddie was mad, and he was like, "Oh man, I pissed Maddie off too. Now maybe I went too far." But I mean, we weren't that mad. But he was literally just like, "Oh, crazy." So I think the way that Will did it was he was like, "Hey, so we got a big thing coming up in a couple of weeks," and he was like, "Oh, Bubba, you know, are you going?" Liam, you going? And then he was like, Nuno, are you going? And then I was like, great, sick. Now I have to explain to Nuno why I didn't invite him to my wedding. So not super fun. I was super pissed off. But I mean, I don't know. It was it was actually kind of funny in hindsight. Yeah, but that's that's very embarrassing and very uncomfortable because you love Nuno. It's literally love nothing Nuno. nothing personal because Nuno is the best. One of my favorite people on earth, period. He's like, awesome. Of course, he's amazing. But I understand you have a number that you have to hit and you have to you have to start redlining people. Listen, a lot of couples have to do that and that sucks. If it was up to me, there would have been like seven people at my wedding. I didn't want that many people at my wedding, but I have a massive Italian family and you know we've been blessed to have a lot of friends. It just, it is that way. I didn't, you know, we... I don't want, I didn't want a 300 person wedding and that's where we were headed. So sorry, Nuno, but I think we're cool. So it's fine. I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, that's a really good one. I don't know if mine tops that, but one that comes to mind for me was when the blues were playing the Bruins in the Stanley cup final. And you know, that's the first time the, the blues have been there in my lifetime that it big, it's a big deal. And they're on this magical ride. They're going to win. I'm so prepped on everything. Every guest that we have coming on, I'm super prepped on everything that's going on. And I'm really nervous about it all. And I don't even know who I started having this conversation with, but Bruce Cassidy is the head coach of the Boston Bruins. And somebody was like, anytime I see Bruce Cassidy, I think David Cassidy, like from the Partridge family. And I was like, why would you think David Cassidy from the, the, from the Partridge family? That's bizarre. Mm -hmm. Why would you think that? And then it's one of those things that gets in your mind and you're like, don't say David Cassidy, don't say David Cassidy. And then of course we have a big time guest come on and I ask a question and I'm like, so what did you think about David Cassidy's tactical move here with blah, 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 (laughs) whatever it was. And then as soon as it left my mouth, I was like, did I just say David Cassidy on the air? And I can see my co-host looking at me and he was like, and I'm like, oh my God. And by the way, he, by the time I realized that the guest was already answering and I couldn't be like, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm at Bruce Cassidy. So anyway, the guest gets on the phone with the producer afterwards and was like, hey, like, thanks for having me. Can you, can you tell the host that it's not David Cassidy? It's Bruce. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm aware. Especially I you because you're so, you are like a, a perfectionist in that way. And you're so well prepared for you to screw that up. And it's one of those things where the more that you tell yourself not to say it, the more likely yes. you're going to say it. Because then that 100%. the wrong version is going to get stuck in your head. Um, I actually have a great spinoff story on that involving Will Kane and involving a guy that you just had on your show, uh, Jeff Passan. Okay, yes. He was on today, yes. Yeah, so we had one of the first time We had actually had Jeff Passan on. This is before he worked at ESPN. But it was like, right. I think during the transition, he was about to start working there. But we had had Jeff on a few times. And we were having him on with Will. And he, you know, injured, Hey, all right, my next guest coming on an MLB insider. And we'll call him Jeff Passan the entire time, <laughs> which Wait, is, all, which is, which is insane. He had talked to Jeff before he knows Jeff. He had talked to him before. And then me <laughs> after the interview having to be like, Hey Jeff, sorry, he mispronounced your, your very simple to pronounce name. Right. Um, but Jeff was totally cool about it. Made a joke about it at the end. So it was totally fine. But uh, yeah, he screwed up. I don't know how you screw that up, but he screwed up Jeff Passan's name. That's amazing. I think my favorite one though, that I will never forget. And I can't even say it without laughing. <laughs> I'll just give you th- three words. Rosillo, Kevin Sumlin. Wait, I don't, I don't know if I remember. 
Thanks as always for your time, head coach. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Thanks as always for your time, head coach. Yes. Yes. Wasn't you're, that Kevin someone? It was Kevin someone. Yep. You're you're bound to have word farts when you talk that much, but that way, and Ryan doesn't have a lot of them in that He's way. He's never he had totally it before. That up. Yep. Just, he, it was an amazing interview. And then he clearly like didn't stick the landing. But I just remember us being like, did he just say, thanks as always for your time. Head coach. It was, and it was like staggered. It was like, thanks as always for your time, head coach. It was, it was staggered. And we played oh, it on loop so for funny. months, years. I mean, it was, oh. yes. I didn't recognize it right away because I didn't know it was someone, but it was someone. Yes. That one was so funny. And then the other one that we'll always remember is when Ryan was, I think in LA and he and Danny were doing the live feed or the remote connection oh. and Ryan dropped out. Um, I mean, <laughs> and Danny have... was like, Oh my God, I have that is my, my favorite phone. picture from the show phone. ever. Hold on. If you're, if you're watching the YouTube stream, you, if you aren't first off, you should, yeah, but I have to in my phone. Hold on. I know I have it. Damn it. That man. was so funny. And then we were scrambling because we had to find sound because he had to fill the time. But his face when Ryan dropped out and we realized that he was going to have to fill like seven minutes. Everyone, <laughs> to everyone on the YouTube stream, you're welcome. This is one of the greatest photos of all time. This is the, this is when Danny shit his pants realizing that, that Ryan's <laughs> line dropped and he had to do probably what, five minutes solo? Yeah. Can you zoom in on his eyes? Because the panic in his eyes are so good. <laughs> it's just such a good photo that is it's the amazing. funniest thing that's the best picture of danny ever. i have two favorites in my phone one is a picture of mumford and the other is danny that picture of <laughs> that's danny. <a> favorite. <laughs> it's a favorite oh of course i need i need to bring it up whenever it's called upon come on that was a good work by you amazing. i know i know also if you're um, having a rough day pull that up you oh it's an, yeah it, for sure it's 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 one of the highlights of my what eight years at espn was just that oh. that one still shot alone anyway so funny okay you're up uh okay what is the funniest way that you've ever broken the law? Do you have one? You want to go first? Funniest way I've ever broken the law. Does riding on public transportation in a foreign country without buying a ticket count? Because I have a story there. Yeah, I mean, that's, I de that's definitely breaking the law and it could be funny. I don't know if that's theft or, you know, what you would, what law you would be breaking there. Um, yeah, you're stealing a ride. I'm stealing a ride. So um, I was in Rome with my friends. We went on a weekend trip to Rome and we got after it the last night that we were there. It was, it was intense. There was, um, it was like our when whole in Rome, squad. Do as the Romans do. When in Rome, man. So we, it was our whole squad. And then there was a whole other group of like seven to 12 people from Illinois that we knew there. So it was like, 20 something American kids getting together in Italy. Of course, things are going to get weird. So we wake up the next morning and we have a train that we have to have to catch to take back. And we had gone out and, you know, I'm not daddy Warbucks over here. Girl was on a budget. And I definitely browned out and definitely spent my money on some Aperol spritz. And so I was like, Oh my God, I wake up. I'm so, Steve top three hangovers of my life. I am in physical pain thinking about that morning. So my friend Dave and I are like, we got a whole ass to the train station. Our other friends had left to go on somewhere else. Our other squad was like, okay, we're going to meet you back in Verona. And Dave and I were like, Oh my God, we got to make, we got to make the train. So we get to the train station and Dave's like, do you have any money for the ticket? And I was like, wait, no, I have like zero euros. Do you have any money for the ticket? And he was like, no. So we're like, what are we going to do? So we, you know, scuttle on there and we get hide behind some people and we see the guy coming around and he clicks the tickets. And so we were like, what are we going to do? So we went and we hid in the bathroom the entire two hours. We hid in the bathroom the entire two hours. We started, calling, we started calling ourselves the boxcar children because we were like, we're going to get caught and get kicked out. Did anybody and, knock on the door being like, what the hell is going yes, on Yes, and think about how tiny those bathrooms on a European train are. And here's me and my friend Dave hung over <laughs> and they're together being like, just please let us get home. We have no money. And we had those slide up phones that you had to put money on. Yep. So we, we couldn't text or call anyone. I, for some reason, didn't have my debit card with me. We had zero funds and so we were the boxcar children i don't know international theft there you go there you go you're that's an international a, criminal it's not a great story but the, i remember being like should i mail them some euros i feel no, really badly about that. yeah yeah come on get out of here although the, it is scary because the europeans they don't mess around sometimes and people steal they're old school in that and mm. oh well you know what i saw many many an italian person pickpocket in that's america true. when i was that's over true. there so maybe we'll call they it they prey on the tourists for sure yeah, yeah. i saw um, many a wallets lifted off the train 
Mine is, I mean, like the statute of limitations is gone on this. So I guess I'll just share this story. Um, I used to work at a grocery store in my hometown called Tops Market. It was like an IGA market. And, you know, we would IPA. like stop. We would stop. Yeah, it's, it's like stop and shop ish, but it's oh, smaller. Okay. It's a chain, but it's smaller. Okay. Um, you know, stocking shelves, register, cleaning up shit. I don't know, all of the above, whatever needed to be done. And three of my other friends also worked there, which was a terrible idea by whoever was hiring because we didn't, we were not efficient whatsoever. We would right. play catch with the paper towels and the paper towel aisle. Um, we would constantly steal rolls from, you know, the bakery, you know, they were good, whatever the, the bakery, I would hook us up. But the funniest thing that we did was we would always steal gushers and beer from, from, from the store. So we would open up a pack of gushers, put it in the back of the row. So no one actually know. We would just, every time we'd go by, we'd take a pack of gushers. We probably ate hundreds of packs of gushers. I would imagine hundreds? There, over the course of like years of working there. Oh, easily. And the beer, what we would do, because we were underage and we would want to be cool. And it was kind of like super bad where it's like, I got to get beer for this party to be cool. So we would take the empty boxes that water would come in. They're like cardboard gray boxes that the Poland Spring 32 pack would come in. Mm-hmm. And we would put a 30 rack of Coors Light in there, close the box up and be like, oh, I got to take the boxes out to the back to recycle. And we would take it out and I'd put the box in the back of my car and we'd have, we had, I had free beer from most of high school. It's pretty sick. You are a robber. Yeah, you know, looking back, it was like, I think I ended up telling my parents that one time and they're like, hmm, not your, not our proudest moment to have you as our son. But wow. honestly, I never had a problem with beer in high school. And it's not because like we were like degenerate it. weirdos, but you stole it, Steve. We did, we did. But I mean, honestly, we were criminally underpaid. I think we were making like minimum wage. We had to wake up at the butt crack of dawn on Saturday morning. We earned the 30 rack every other week or so. So honestly, it's not that big of a deal. But I kind of look at it like we were cool as shit. We always had beer. You were McLovin. I did not know that. I just, mine is the best. Yes. But yeah. From Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. From Hawaii. Good one. Although I'm shocked that you would steal something. I know, you know, I wasn't like, like the clean, you know, maybe that's why I stopped going to church, but who knows? This is a different story for a different day. All right. Next question. If you had a freaky Friday scenario, who would you swap with? You get to be them for a day, but that person also has to be you. Good question. So it's a day. They have to be me. I'm going to be them. Yep. I was trying who to think of who, be? I was trying to think of who I whose life I wanted to live for one day. I'd want to live someone's life for a year or two years who's rich because then you can live that life. But like, what can you really do in one day? So I kind of feel like I have to be an athlete. And I think I would want to be either LeBron or Cristiano Ronaldo because I would want to have ridiculous athleticism for that one day. I'd ball out too and I'd go out at night and whatever. But I, I would pick a game day so I could play in a game as Cristiano Ronaldo and have his insane leaping ability and his ridiculous body and be able to score goals at will. That's something I could never have any other time in my, in, in my life, really. Or imagine being able to dunk like LeBron for one day or like be a playmaker like LeBron. Pretty cool. And yeah, the riches come along with it. So I'd have a good day as well. Like, you know, just going out. I don't know. I try to probably hang out in LA or if I'm Cristiano Ronaldo, hang out in Northern Italy, it'll be great. But I would want to be able to play in a game and feel like an elite, elite athlete. So it's probably one of those two. So while you would have the skills, it's still your brain and your thoughts. So the way that they would go about mm-hmm. things, maybe you couldn't execute it as well. Also then think about if Cristiano Ronaldo is you for a day, the weird things he might be saying that don't translate here in America. The guy loves a little glean on his face. I mean, he might be putting Vaseline on your face. People would be like, why is Steve so shiny? He looks a little dewy today. What's going on? Yeah. But my skincare routine might be better for that day. He'd probably help me out a little bit in the, That's in the, true. you know, the Fair. self hygiene scene. I don't know if he'd really fit it in central Connecticut. He'd probably stick out like a sore thumb and wouldn't know what to do. Cause he's, you know, he's used to living a life of luxury, but that but is still you. He's just inside you. Yeah, no, I know, but he's, you know, so you have to hang out on the couch and hang out with my dogs and Maddie and I don't know, work from home that day. I don't know. That's a sick life. But uh, like, I don't know how to edit this podcast. I don't know. But I also think it would be funny if I was Ronaldo and I had the knowledge that I had and the skill that he had. And I would just look like a, I would look like a fish out of water out there. And I might actually be kind of funny and be like, what was this weird Ronaldo performance out of nowhere where he just looked like he couldn't possibly figure out how to kick a soccer ball. I think that'd actually be kind of funny. Who's a great comedian. Who's a great comedian that you love? Like, what if I was Dave Chappelle for a day and Dave Chappelle was me? Think about how many people weird. would really like me, though. They'd be like, wow, Michelle is hilarious. She yeah, but do you get his really joke telling skills, though? It's the same thing as Ronaldo. Like, do you get No, his, I'm saying get he mind. gets... Oh, I'm people, he's telling jokes. He's oh, telling jokes yeah. for me. So everyone That's thinks that point. I'm funny and I still get to live the celebrity lifestyle because I'm Dave Chappelle. So I clearly have the funds. I clearly have the celebrity friends. I can call up Kanye and be like, tell me what's going on, Kanye. I'd have the scoop and then I could come back as me and know the info. 
or I could, as Dave Chappelle, like Kanye, sit down for a one-on-one with Michelle and Steve on Small Talk, mm-hmm. give your side of the Kim divorce, huge ratings for us. Thank you very much. But I'm thinking not, not only about what I get to do, but how great people would think I am when we switch back. And I think maybe Dave Chappelle. You're right. And I think I didn't think enough about how the other person could help me in that one day. And yeah. that's a good call. Because then your rep would go way up. Be like, oh, Michelle, sneaky funny. Oh, wow. Sneaky okay. funny. Did you hear on the show on Friday? The yeah. jokes. She was Amazing. on fire. Crazy. She was so <laughs> yeah. funny. Just left and, and right. And that's really all you need sometimes Zingers. is one good performance from a comedy standpoint where people are like, that one time. She's a comedian now. This is crazy. But then you have to live up to that, though. That's the problem is that can you that you don't tell another joke for the rest of your life. And everyone's like, what the hell happened? She just had an incredible day of jokes. And then it was all gone. I don't know. I don't know. I Expectations. Like- they're a killer. I feel like I could always default to that day and be like, like tell the same roll, joke again. You just tell the same joke the to tape. a bunch of different people. Yeah. Roll the tape. Remember that yeah. time I told that really funny joke? Yeah. Yeah. You should remember that. It was funny. Totally. I love that. All right. Your turn. Um, okay. What is something that you're horrible at that you wish you would be good at? Singing. I'm a terrible singer. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would love to be able to stand on a stage in front of thousands of people or at church, Steve, get up on there, <laughs> sing. You'd be the first sing, in choir that everyone's jealous of. Like, sing oh, the hymns. Just killing it. Oh God! She's singing voice. Ave Maria just beautifully today. It was amazing. Voice of an angel, that one. What a gift from God. Um, so that's always the answer is singing for me. Singing is a good one. Humor, being able to just straight up tell jokes to, about your Dave Chappelle point. That's a funny one too, or a good one too. My thing, I'm a, ironically, I'm a terrible public speaker. Terrible. Really? I don't really like talking in public. I'm not good at it. This isn't really public speaking. It's not, you know, I don't see no, the it's audience. Just it's I just I you and I. Yeah, exactly. So I'm good in these settings, but when there's a bunch of people in front of me and pressure on me, I'm actually not a great public speaker. I'm not a good person to give a, to lead a meeting, right? And say, hey, like, all right. No, you've led some meetings that, that I've been in. You're very but good. People that I'm comfortable with, you know, okay, it's probably been okay. with you or Ryan or Will. Like, that's not that hard. But if, if I'm talking to a group of strangers, I'm not very good at that. And I don't really know why. I, I remember I took a public speaking class in college and I don't know. I've just never been that great at it. And it's just something that I would like to be better at. I don't really know how to, I guess, other than just getting out of your comfort zone. Not to get political, but when you look at someone like Barack Obama, the way that he can command so many people and deliver a speech and the way he can use his words and his cadence and all of that, that's a gift. That is a gift. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you could really talk about nothing whatsoever. And people be like, wow, that guy's super smart. Oh my God. It's like or Dwight can... in the office. Remember when he goes and he's like banging the table? <laughs> yeah. Jim yeah. prints him out like Mussolini and, yeah. and Hitler videos. And he's like, we cannot <laughs> surrender to the clients. <laughs> Yes. We will never take for granted. <laughs> but isn't it crazy that you can you can say, and politicians do this, you can say literally nothing in a very eloquent way. And people will be like, hmm, this guy, I look kind of like, he's got a good brain on his, you know, he's got a good head yeah. on his shoulders. And you can also, vice versa, be really smart and have a lot of great ideas. But if you don't present them the right way, people are like, this guy, what the hell is he talking about? He's right. I don't trust this guy whatsoever. So it's all about, it kind of sucks, but it's all about how you present things. And I'm not a great public speaker. I don't, I don't know. So I'll work on that. So interesting. Okay, last one for me. We had some great ones, but we're limiting it. Yeah, we had a lot of good ones. A lot of good ones. Do you have any recurring dreams and what do you think they mean? I haven't had a dream in years. I don't oh, dream. Oh, yes, you do. You just no. don't remember them. You no, dream talk- every night. Your brain is okay. Active. You dream every night. Okay, yes. Maybe that's true. But I was talking about this with a buddy actually the other day because he was saying that he had this dream. And I was like, I, I don't know if it's because I typically sleep through the night. The only time I ever really have dreams is when... I'll take a nap or I'll wake up before my alarm maybe, but I haven't really had one in a while. And I definitely don't have reoccurring dreams. I remember when I was a kid, I used to have this dream that there was an alien chasing me, like a little green alien chasing me throughout my house as a kid. But I mean, I was probably like 12 when that happened in the last, like, I don't know, 10 or so years. I I don't remember any dream that I've had. So I have one and it doesn't happen all the time, but it's happened enough that I remember it. I have a dream that I'm first thing in the morning and I am sitting out on a balcony overlooking the ocean and I can feel the breeze on me in the first thing in the morning. And I'm wearing the same thing every time. And sometimes there's someone else there with me, same person every time, sometimes there's not. And it's just really weird. I will constantly dream that I'm in the same place. It's a place in Italy that what I What do you think it means? Being. I don't you want to go back to Italy? I, that I want to go to Italy <laughs> yeah. and that the person I was there with, I want to hang out with. I don't know. It's not, I don't know the deeper meaning of it, but sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll be like, because I, I feel like I'm there. It's very weird. 
has anyone actually proved that dreams do mean something? I always thought they were just, I know there are probably, I'm sure our, our guy, the astrologer would tell you that dreams do mean things and whatever. I know there are people that, you know, actually do interpret them, but aren't they just random shit that you're happening in your life or that you thought about that your brain just puts together in some weird order when you sleep? No, I think it's the interpretation of it is something with uh, your subconscious is things that your brain is trying to tell you. Okay. So I just Googled this. Why do we dream? Why do people forget their dreams? Okay. That's biological, Steve. Early psychoanalytic theory suggests that difficult or traumatic information in dreams is suppressed and the dreamer is less likely to retrieve or analyze it. So maybe you're having scary dreams, Steve, and you're repressing them okay I don't, I don't think i'm having i mean maybe i don't know I... okay how about this wait remember i said i could feel the wind on me when yeah. i was in the dream what does it mean to dream about water wind and fire so i'm looking at the ocean and i feel the wind okay so this is helpful let's see what they say water is thought to symbolize emotions and different types of water can mimic different emotions for instance Tidal waves can represent being overwhelmed and clear water can represent emotional clarity. This is a classic case of the difference between you and I. There's no way any of that's true. Okay. Wind can represent imminent changes or changes you're currently going through. Okay. (laughs) Wait, who, how, how is that? Did you just Whoopi Goldberg me? Have you seen that video of her where she goes? Okay. (laughs) Did you just just Whoopi me? I just, I just, I should have cooled. No one cares you is what I should have done. But, uh, no, I don't, I don't see how that's possible. I, I don't know too out of my element here, but I just, I don't believe this. I don't, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm still scrolling the determination. Okay. What the person is experiencing, what challenges they're facing, and what psychological developments are occurring will inform the meaning of your dream in each case. Our dreams are strange little stories we experience every night while we sleep. It's actually our subconscious thoughts. They are a continuation of our stream of consciousness from the day. I could see that. I could see them being things in your brain that are trapped, that that are trying to get out. Like if you're scared, you have scary dreams. Or if you're anxious, you'll have dreams about being anxious, you know, or whatever. But I don't think you seeing wind or, or feeling wind means that there's changes coming. Come on, come on. What are we doing? You don't think that re- the water represents my emotional clarity and the I wind don't. represents the changes that I have clarity about? No. I'm going to do the Oprah face from the, uh, from the Royals interview and just go, I don't know. I just don't, I don't feel like that's accurate. Did you watch the Oprah interview? Of course not. No, but I read about Steve, it. Steve, what? It was incredible. You know, I, I stand for Oprah. Oprah is... My queen. It's not anything against Oprah. It's more, why do I care about these two millionaire people who are just complain complain about their lives? I don't really care. And didn't the Buckingham Palace people just be like, yeah, we're good. You guys are not, no longer welcome here. And I read today that Prince Charles is in major emotional distress and the queen doesn't know what to do because she's coming up on our hundredth year in the monarchy and there's going to be a big celebration 2022. And now this really muddies the waters. It's bad. Why do we care? I've never, my sister's a big Royals person loves Kate and whoever. What's the other guy's name? I don't even remember. William. William. William sure. Uh, but I've just never understood why we are so. Is, is it because they're? Is it Britain's version of celebrity gossip? Like that's oh, their, that's guy. their Kim Kardashian or whatever. Oh yeah, huge. I don't I don't care about the U.S. versions of them. Why am I going to care about the British versions of them? And again, they're just complaining about all their problems. I mean, I got my own problem. I'm good. That's going to be a hard pass for me. Sorry. You don't want to hear about Harry and Meghan Markle and their struggles. What are their struggles? I know there was a racial component. I don't I don't know. I'm not trying to go down that road. But didn't she complain because she didn't know God Save the Queen, the national anthem of Britain? Didn't she complain about not knowing that? It's like, why don't you freaking learn the national anthem? She did. She did. But she was saying that she's thrust into the spotlight, into this life, and that there was no training for her. There was no guide and they were basically setting her up to fail and then once they got that's married, what the money's for that's what marrying a prince is for this is the life i'm sorry i'm not going to be sympathetic towards this but then she marries into the family and things got very tough very tough so as you mentioned there was a racial component to it with their son yeah i mean obviously they, that's insane i'm not gonna yeah that was very bad that, but oprah goes who's having that conversation <laughs> well then they didn't name names right it's like if you're gonna do that mm, like what are you doing they, but they said who it wasn't. So okay. that kind of opens up the floor, I think, to who it was. Yeah, I don't know. I did, the whole thing, I just couldn't be less interested. And it was it was on the same night as the All-Star Game. And I'm sure it just crushed the All-Star Game in ratings because people were probably way more interested in the gossip of celebrity than they are of watching basketball players in Atlanta not actually try to play a basketball game. But it couldn't be further from, from something that interests me. Oprah, I think, is just an elite interviewer, obviously. 
And Meghan Markle talked about how she was silent during this time. And Oprah, watching Oprah do this was like watching LeBron <laughs> with a block or a dunk. And Oprah goes, were you silent or were you silenced? And I was like, that is the best, the best and most effective follow-up question that I've ever heard because she's listening to what she says and she pushes and Meghan Markle gave an, an incredible answer. It was very open. She's like, yeah, I'm going to tell you I was silenced. And I just thought that is how it should be done is that you listen to someone that you're talking to, you know, the information, you know, the questions, but you push them for more. She's just, I got no problems with Oprah. This, this, isn't, Oprah. this isn't an Oprah debate. I love Oprah, but it's a pro Oprah podcast. Yeah, I mean, we we're Oprah. not trying to take shots. She's not catching strays here. This is more about the Royals and how I just don't care about their lifestyles. So right. anyway, you got another question? Uh, yeah. What was our last one? Um, about dreams. You said you don't dream. Oh yeah. We already did that though, right? Yeah. So you're up. Oh yeah. Okay. So what, but what's the next, the next question we had was what, Oh, this is it. If you couldn't be convicted of any one crime, what charge would you be immune to? So you can, you can commit a crime and get away with it. What would you pick? I can do whatever I want. Anything you want. Yeah. I am going to rob Stan Kroenke blind. I'm out. going to, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get every last penny from that absolute D bag and I'm going to spend a bunch of it, but on things that he would hate, like charities and anything to do with St. Louis. And then I'm going to burn a lot of it and I'm going to take a video of it and send it to him and be like, there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing you can do. What about this? Because I don't really have a great one, but now I'm, I'm vibing off of yours. What if yeah. you stole all of Stan Kroenke's money and bought him out of the Rams? No, but see, he doesn't this, care this... about the team. He just cares about the money. So if I'm burning the money, that's okay. going to impact Okay. Him. So you're taking the money and you're just wasting it, period. Yeah, so that he's I'm, poor. I'm wasting it. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Um, could you give me some of the money? I'll take that. And then Done. I could be, I'll, I'll be an accomplice in this, but I won't actually get in trouble too. And that'll be my get out of jail free card. We'll just yeah, steal we, money from Stan Kroenke. Yeah. Well, like Bonnie and Clyde this, like we will be in it mm -hmm. together. The heist will be a two-part thing. You and I. If and you can yeah. buy the Rams and bring them back, would you? No, I would buy them and I would move them out of LA and just let that monstrosity of a stadium sit empty. Cause that's what he, he would still be paying the bills on that and not have a team to fill it up with. That would suck, but I would put them somewhere else. I would put them somewhere that would really bother Stan Kroenke that he would never want to go like Hartford. Hartford. <laughs> I am the Hartford Rams. Here we go. Let's, Let's go, go Rams. Let's go Rams. Uh, yeah, I'd be a Rams fan. Let's go. I mean, what were they going to be? The Hartford Patriots there for a second, right? Yep. I feel like well, Hartford, it would have been New England still, but it would have been England, Hartford. Yeah. My dad is still mad about that to, to this day. By yeah, the way. there would have been New England Patriots, but in Hartford, correct? So yeah, what if I say, you know what? I empathize with you guys because you lost the Whalers and I'm bringing a team back to Hartford, back to Connecticut. Here are the Rams because I don't want them. If you're going to bring a team, here's what you should do. You should buy the Rams, turn them into a hockey team and then bring back the Whalers because that's what people in Connecticut would really care about. Okay. They don't so want somehow, a football team. They want the, they want the Rams back. Or they want the, uh, they want the, the Rams back. and get yeah. the Whalers. Okay. Yeah. And done. And then we'll just burn the rest of crime. San Kroenke's money. That'll be our crime. I like this. I like that. It's good. I was kind of inspired by your theft, Steve. So I thought, who's got money that I would want to steal from? And he's the only person alive that I would actually want to steal from. I was going to say, I would steal from like a bank, right? I would just you know, rob, you know, I don't know, rob a but bank. But then somebody would it, probably lose their job for negligence or for letting you steal. And I don't want anyone to lose their jobs. And he's a bad person. I just wrote a story today, Steve, about how he has a huge ranch in Canada and this environmental non-for-profit who has cared for the land this and the wildlife on it sued him because he blocked their rights to go to a lake there mm. that had public access and he they won he appealed it and then he won and now they have to pay all his legal bills this environmental non-for-profit that just wanted to care for the land that had to do raffles and all these auctions and stuff to even raise money for their own legal bills and now they're like this land back through canadian history back until when the indigenous people were here has been public property and we care about this land and you're going to rule in favor of this one rich American and limit Canadians access to this. And I was like, he is the devil. He's the worst person on planet earth. And I'm going to steal all his money and not feel bad about it at all. And then definitely not get convicted. Yeah. Then I'm going to call up ESPN and be like, Hey, I got a story for you. I robbed Sam Kroenke of all his money. Ha ha run it on the sports center, run it on sports center. Hey, I'm Randy Scott because I can't get convicted. And then I'm going to rerun shotgun and I'm going to be reaping the benefits because I'm going right. to take the money. This is a great plan. I love this, but I think I it, it would it be fun? Like I'm just thinking hypothetically old Western style to try to rob a bank. If there were no repercussions, like nobody got hurt, but just try to rob a bank. I think it'd be kind of fun. I don't know. Maybe I'm being kind of weird, but like if we walk in with our spurs and we're like, 
Not even that. I don't know. You know, like an inside man, Denzel. I love that. My favorite Denzel movie. You should watch it. It's great. Um, Clive Owen. Clive Owen robs a bank and Denzel's the the cop. And they have this awesome, cool, extravagant plan of how they got in. I'm just like, that'd be cool to plan. I just want to try it. Not because I want the money or not because I want to be a douchebag. It's just kind of an interesting concept. I don't know. Maybe I've watched too many movies, but that would be my thing. If nobody got hurt or nobody, you know, and, and obviously... Um, I wasn't able to get in trouble for it. Maybe try to rob a bank. Why not? What about like the Thomas Crown affair where they steal the art and you have to go through the lasers? You know what I'm talking about? Oh because yeah. The, the yeah. lasers mm-hmm. are. Wasn't um, that like a, wasn't that a mission possible too, or something like that? I forgot probably. it was on that, one of those movies. Yeah. But that would be fun to try to figure out how to steal a painting from a museum. I mean, we would give it back. I would steal would. the declaration of independence, Nicholas Cage style, national treasure. Great movie. I have not seen it. Oh, come on, Michelle. It's a great movie. You, you're really going to give me trouble for not saying a Nicolas Cage vehicle about stealing the Declaration of Independence. Of it's all a the great movies that movie. I have not seen, that's not the one. It's a great movie. Don't knock until you try. There were two of them, too. Na- uh, National Treasure 2 was also a great movie. Oh, Just I'm saying. sure National no Treasure 2 was great. Yep. Every once in a while, you get Nick Cage. It's a good movie. Can you name one other than the one you just named? Face Off. Never seen it. Gone in 60 Seconds. Come on. Was that really good, or was that yeah, like it was a, like a, a, it was cool when I was growing up? But I mean, I if was I watched say, it today, that a young Sarudi with his buddies drinking surge and being like, "This is amazing. definitely drinking surge." Yep, yep, definitely drinking surge. Uh, great call there, but yes, I, that, it might not hold up, but in my mind, great movie. All right, Steve, let's get to a review. If you haven't already, please head to Apple Podcasts, search for Small Talk, subscribe to it, rate it, preferably five stars, and leave a review. This one, Steve says, entertaining five stars, best hour of my week. Simple. Appreciate it. We've always talked about this. We feel like we do podcasts too long. I don't know if people like that they're long or is it better if they're shorter because they're a little bit more compact and they're easier to listen to. But sometimes I'll be like, okay, we're going to do 45 minutes. And then in like an hour and a half goes by and Michelle's got to edit like 15 minutes out of this thing, not to make a book. So I don't know. I appreciate the people that like it long, but I don't know. I don't know where we're at here. Sometimes we think, should we break it up into two half hours? But then there's, oh, there's never a clear break in the middle because we go off on so many different tangents that something that we said at the beginning ties into the end. It's never easy to break it up. So yeah. sorry if they're too long. For example, I don't think we meant to spend what 15 minutes on communion today on the Eucharist. That's our bad. That's our bad. I guess that's part of what makes the podcast good though, too, I think. So I don't know. I guess it's a little give and take. You know, when you tuned up this podcast and you knew it was going to be an AMA, didn't know that you were going to get a side discussion about the Eucharist. You never know what you're going to get. Small talk. It's like a bag of chocolates or a box of chocolates. There you go. There you go. Well, thank you to everyone for listening and thank you for watching on YouTube. And of course, head to our website, smalltalkpod.com, where intern John will, of course, have a breakdown with this on the amazing Shell Talk blog. If you haven't checked it out, please do. John is an incredible writer. He's very, very talented, and I think that you will enjoy it. Steve and I will be back in action next week. But until then, I remain on top after winning the draft. Gushers and beer. Just a simpler time. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.